0: Your brain might turn to putty But there's still a chance to learn We'll be your study buddies We're going to talk about some stuff and make research cool
1: Hello and welcome again to Study Buddies A podcast where we bring you the latest news in science and psychology And sometimes more My name is Paola Sanchez-Abreu. And my name is Taylor Collins. And we are your absolutely gorgeous co-hosts coming to you this week with our first episode in a whole new format. We're pumped about it. Whole new thing. We're doing a whole, it's like different than it was.
0: And now it's different because what makes it different this time is today. Today we're (laughs) going to bring you the study And next week, we're going to bring you sensations, applications, thoughts, emotions, ways that Mm. this has impacted our life, Mm. and if you maybe submit some comments or things or thoughts about
1: the study, maybe some reactions that you guys had. Yeah, if you have any questions, like, you know, use that little email address that we made, send them on in, and we'll find the answers, or try to, or we'll make something up. And we'll tell you that we made it up, so that way we're not spreading. False news. Fake news. F- not f- fake, fake. Fake news. Fake news.
0: <laughs> news fake. <laughs> Sorry. No, but, um, but yeah, we, we <laughs> thought it might be fun to try a different format, and so that's what we're doing this week. Yeah. We
1: look forward to hearing what you think. But let's get into it. Taylor, how, how has your week been? What's going on over there? What is going
0: on over here? I am... I am on, uh, vacation. (laughs) Okay. So this has been a beautiful week. I have just, you know, remembered how important it is to disconnect and find yourself. And if you're going to Mm -hmm. do that, do it by the ocean with a pool. Yeah. Um, kick back, you know.
1: Oh yeah, butt in the sand. Relax.
0: Little, little lunch. Little pool float. Get yourself a little drinky poo. A drinky
1: poo. Yeah. Yes. Um, I've been taking, like,
0: uh, bike rides down the beach and, like, again, finding newfound um, animals to become obsessed with. The beach I'm at, there's these, like, little crabs that come out of holes at night and these little sandpiper birds that try to chase them. Oh, so cute. It's very, very cute. Oh, so sweet.
1: So. Nature can be vicious and adorable. Yes. I'm pretty good on vacation. Yes. Vacation, vacation. That sounds delightful. I wish I was there with you. Um. But I'm not. I'm in New York City, which I like a lot, honestly. I I can't complain too much, yeah. you know?
0: No, I don't know. Yeah. We've
1: talked about this. Well,
0: I would complain that's a lot true. in New York. I'd be
1: like, water bottles, <laughs> 450 I got to go somewhere else. I've never, I don't think I've ever bought a water bottle in New York well, City. Well,
0: that actually shows you that. The last time I was there was so long ago that I did purchase water bottles because I don't purchase them anymore because I'm <laughs> eco-conscious now. But, uh, yeah.
1: Oh, when I did, funny. the inflation. I actually – I had a, <laughs> I had a week. Um, no, I, I just had a couple, past couple of days where I've been having a lot of anxiety. Um, surrounding a specific area of my life that I won't dive deeply into, but I was talking to my cousin about it, and she's super witchy and like into like astrology and like the moon and things that I don't necessarily like fully believe in, but I do. I do engage in some of the practices occasionally because it, you know, it, it's not like it can. It can't hurt, hurt me. and we don't know
0: so, that those things right. don't have gravity. They very well may.
1: Yeah, we we don't know. I also, like, I, like, actually strongly a believer that if you actually believe that something is going to function, that it will. So the I've been trying to, like, positivity. do that. I've been trying to, like, tune into my inner witch this week um, and, like, just be in communication with, like, my surroundings. And um, on Monday, it was the full moon, and my cousin was like you know what you should do to like let go of these anxieties? You know, it's the full moon. It's a great time to let go of stuff. Like you should just do like a little ritual to like let go of it. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to burn my freaking fears. I'm going to burn them in my backyard. So me and my roommates and our respective partners like went outside and like individually like we like wrote our like fear or like whatever we wanted to let go of down on a piece of paper and like took turns like lighting the match and throwing it into the bonfire and it was like it was really delightful and it was like a five minute little ritual but it was like really sweet to congregate with like my house and like maybe share what we were lighting on fire maybe not and just like watch it burn. Wow that's so
0: cathartic. I've actually done Like a similar sort of exercise with kiddos um, in therapy where you have them write down their worries and then they get to rip them up or put them in the garbage uh, or both.
1: Yeah. Wow. Okay. So I was just doing therapy on myself. You can call
0: it witchy if it makes you feel
1: more like connected to the
0: earth though. I like that word as well.
1: Um, Sometimes it does, but I also don't find myself to be very witchy. Or maybe I'm just not tuned into it. Because I have, like, friends that are, like, super witchy that, like, can, like, read tarot cards and, like, know all of their, like, astrological See, I have to say, I'm familiarizing
0: stuff. myself with the adjective witchy to describe a person because I think in my head, the way you're yeah. using it is a very, like, almost, like, crunchy for hippies. Like, there's a positive sense to it. It's, like, yeah, it's quite Right, spiritual. but when I think of witchy, I think of it in, like more of a negative sense I think but maybe that's because I'm like like, oh, like Salem witch trials like it's sketchy oh. and that's my like that's what comes to my head when I yeah. think witchy and I was like oh did, is your cousin gonna like that so you called her witchy like,
1: yeah she would love <laughs> it it's um I think that like in like the Latino culture too like a lot of Latinas I like identify with like just like this kind of different connectivity to the world which um, like brujería mm. is what they call it which is witchiness and um it's actually it's kind of celebrated it's it's kind of like a long it's a way to like connect with like ancestors that have that wow. practice in them like grandmothers that could you know would have dreams about what was going to happen in a year and that thing would happen so just like very um it's a very like ancestral word when I say it at least that's how it feels wow. Well,
0: I learned something today. Yeah.
1: (laughs) And I think
0: that is not the only
1: thing that we will learn today. No, because Taylor has brought us a study that is very cool. And I'm going to ask you a lot of questions about it, Taylor. Are you ready? I am. So
0: speaking of witchiness, the study that I have for (laughs) us today is... Yes. The Seven Sins of Memory, Insights from Psychology and Cognitive Neuroscience. And so this is a 1999 study Uh where the author reviewed research and highlighted and identified like seven sins of our memories. So these are kind of like faults
1: that our memory has. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So not sins like we're going to go to hell because we have these, but like sins that, like, they're just, like, flaws in our own, like, processes. Right. I think sins is a little bit of, like, a cutesy
0: word here, uh, not like these yeah. things that we need to be, like, horribly, profoundly ashamed of that our memory does, but <laughs> I think actually when we go through them, you'll be like, wow, these are common,
1: and I've done every single one of these. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Okay. So, how did he compile these seven sins of memory? Yeah.
0: So, he utilized research from the fields of cognitive, social, and clinical psychology as well as neuroscience including neuroimaging techniques uh, such as positron emission tomography which is PET
1: scans um, and, okay. and functional magnetic resonance imaging which is fMRI. Yeah. Sweet. And so those are like really big words and I also I don't know what they mean. Um, yeah. Like I don't know. What, what's a PET scan? So a PET scan is sensitive
0: to changes in blood flow Blood flow while an fMRI uh, measures oxygen, oxygenation level dependent changes in the magnetic properties of blood. So it, basically, it. one is like measuring where things are flowing, and one is measuring like the magnetic properties of blood. Both of these will help us show localized activity, like where something is happening in the brain during experiments or not happening.
1: Okay, very cool. So, so this is like, when you see those find? like.
0: When you see those like rainbows on someone's like gray brain, like that's where these charts come from. Um, Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So what did he find? He identified seven sins that reflect (laughs) the operation of our memory and contribute to flaws or faults in our memory. So the first three sins have to do with kind of like types of forgetting. The next three have to do with memory distortions and the last one has to do with intrusive like recall of things
1: okay okay I'm I'm so very excited let's let's get let's get freaking into it Taylor <laughs> okay so <laughs> turns into a frat bro uh so the first one is transients <laughs> so uh, I
0: like your frat bro voice yeah <laughs> um so transience. uh transients
1: is memory or
0: facts become less accessible to us over time
1: Okay, so this is like my entire life of forgetting things over time.
0: Right. So it's forgetting or slowing down things. And there's a gradual drop off of memories at first. And then the rate of forgetting kind of slows over time.
1: Uh, So is this kind of like, do you mean like when you're a little kid and you don't remember a lot of your earlier memories, but like you can remember more as you get older? Is that what you mean by drop off at first and then the rate of forgetting slows?
0: Yeah, it's kind of like our memory initially only grabs on to certain things, and as they get stored into our long term memory, they'll they slowly fall off over time.
1: Oh, I understand. So it's like how right at this point right now, like I can't quite remember, you know, a lot of my six year old years, but like when you were seven, when I was seven, you I remembered could. more.
0: Yeah, great. Um, and okay. th- there's probably a lot of things you remember from last week that a year from now you mm-hmm. won't remember about last week. Right, right, right. So sometimes we can forget things really quickly too. So, not just over a matter of a few weeks or hours or like days or years, but sometimes you can re- like forget things over a few
1: seconds. Got it. So, um, our shared disease of forgetting someone's name immediately after they introduce themselves to us.
0: Yeah. Yep. That's (laughs) that's my daily life. Like that type of, I can never do it. That type of rapid forgetting has shown to work differently than long-term forgetting because it's Hmm. a failure in our working memory to actually file away the information. Okay. So difficulty with working memory, which is kind of, it's almost like memory that we're actively using that needs to get pushed into our long-term. That can be, when we have a hard time with that, it can be from damage in the phonological loop which holds small amounts of speech-based information.
1: So this happens to me sometimes. Is it like when somebody is spelling something and like I like literally forget the letter immediately after they say it because I'm like hearing it instead of seeing it? Yes. Yep. This is like
0: this is things that are responsible for helping you with vocabulary and in moments like when you need to run for a sticky note after someone tells you that uh, a phone number and you're like I'm going to remember that and then they hang up and now you have to sprint because you don't know how long you're going to remember it that's like your working Dang, that's memory the worst. that's where the phonological loop is really helping you there okay um, so transients has also like the research has explored if the loss of memory is due to like did we run out of storage for these memories that like our brain doesn't have the capacity to put them in there anymore or right, as my mother says the cassette tape is
1: getting full.
0: Yes, like do did we reach this like capacity of our brain or mm-hmm. is it because we actually have that memory in there but we're but we're having retrieval failure or is it both of those things?
1: Retrieval fa- failure it's like that thing where your brain has the information but you can't access it. Um, like like as if the file is absolutely lost and you're like oh like I I don't want to google it but because I know it like I know it's there and I I shouldn't google it but like I want to google it but like oh I'm so frustrated right so there's
0: like a debate as to whether or not we can lose memories or if we can't bring them to consciousness or maybe if it's a little of both but for some reason Mm -hmm. we just forget these memories across time but there are even when we can't we do start to forget them. There's evidence that certain cues can help us remember. Um, so that's um, like when someone gives you kind of like a trigger word that helps you remember a memory or mm-hmm. trigger the memory. And also we can help like store long-term memories by almost practicing them or using storytelling. Them. Storytelling. Yep. Recalling, thinking about something. The more likely we kind of bring that to the forefront uh, mm-hmm. to our brain, the more likely we're going to rem- remember them. And then those ones that we don't think about may actually be lost over time because our, our brain doesn't kind of continue to connect and re... Mm.
1: re um, like replay that memory, essentially. Right. So our brain... The less it gets played, the less likely our brain feels like it's needed.
0: Yep. So it just kind of clips off those synapses and they kind of die out. So, Got it. So that's kind of like when we forget things long term. Transient. That's what it's called. That's the first sin, transient. Yes. And then Great. the next sin is absent-mindedness. So mm. this is when we <laughs> don't pay enough attention to something in the moment that allows us to properly, like, store, or the fancy word for store the memory is encode the memory. Mm. So it could also be not paying enough attention when you're trying
1: to remember something. So, like... When I walk in the house after walking Brian and I, like, put my keys down and I'm, like, so intent on getting him his food that I end up losing my keys in the process. Yeah, Even though I was the one that put them down.
0: Yep. It's basically when our attention is other places. So... The author reports that sometimes we record information in the moment in like a very shallow level or a very like deep or specific level, and that can influence how absent-minded we are. So for example, they talk about um, in the study being change-blind. So change-blindness is something that can happen where when you're storing something in a more when you're kind of not paying attention, you're more absent-minded and you store something on a more shallow level, you may not notice a difference. So they'll do, they did like one study example where they had people interacting with two interviewers and then they would have guys come through with like a big door to block it. (laughs) Almost like if you think of like a, like a old timey skit. And then the two people would switch places and they found that like so many people wouldn't even recognize that they didn't switch places, especially when they had like a a more general or shallow schema of the two people. So if the two people were really similar, like say two very similarly dressed construction workers that looked similar, they wouldn't notice it. But if we had maybe picked up on more like deep or specific changes, so say it was like like a younger person or an older person or um, people who looked differently and we saw the more specific details, then we are
1: less likely to be change blind. Like looking over that fascinating right
0: so basically how shallow or deeply we're perceiving things in our environment can can lead to that and they also described absent-mindedness can influence influence us in like a couple different ways because there is time-based absent-mindedness or event-based absent-mindedness so time-based might be like Every day at seven o'clock p.m., you're supposed to take a medicine. Mm-hmm. But if there's a lot going on, you're not focused on it, then you may forget to do that, and that's like a level of absent-mindedness where, like, if you're not focused, it's in the back of your mind, and you're distracted. That can be so for a sin. Me forgetting to eat lunch. That might be a different one. So time is is oh. very specific to like a time. It may that might it could be either. I'm not sure because an event-based one okay. is like. Almost if you think of order of operations. So maybe after you leave oh, I like see. a certain client's house, then you go and that's when you eat your lunch. Or if when, when you think about event-based absent mindedness, this, I like to think of like getting in the car. And when I get in the car, as soon as I sit down, I put my seatbelt on. But if I sit down and mm-hmm. take a jacket off, then I might not be as apt to pull that seatbelt because it's event-based. Um, I do one thing then I wow. do the next. Okay. So sometimes if you skip maybe like a procedure that you typically do because you're paying attention to something else in that moment, you might be more likely to be absent-minded and forget something that's event-based.
1: That's really, really interesting. Okay, cool. Uh, and then what's the third one in this first three of the sins?
0: Yeah, these first three forgetful ones. The third one is blocking. So... This occurs mm-hmm. when a memory is deeply encoded or stored correctly, like did it right, we remember it, but it's temporarily not accessible even when we're provided with cues. So this can happen uh, with memories of individual personal experiences as well as general world knowledge. And what's different from the, the other memory, so the first one where we were talking about transients retrieval failure right transients can be like it could be due to lack of uh, storing it properly it could be due to retrieval failure but it's blocking is like you know you know this and you you have it
1: you just can't access it and it's this is like the frustrating one so this is like if your brain had the file that you needed but it's literally locked away in a cabinet, and the key is not given to yes, you. Yes, and you're just, like,
0: banging on the cabinet, like, I need the information that's in there. <laughs> um, like, one of the researchers <sighs> described an example of blocking as the the tip of the tongue state, where you just mm-hmm. you can't remember a word or a name or maybe even a line as an actor, even though you know you know it. And sometimes you can describe the item or state, like characteristics or similarities of it, but there's an issue with retrieving the actual memory. God,
1: that is the worst feeling.
0: So research has shown that this is actually usually resolved really fast, about half the time you can remember this within a minute. Um, Also, instances of this blocking happening with our memory increase with age, and sometimes when you retrieve a word that's similar to the word you Are looking for it actually makes the blocking worse than if you didn't have that other word to sub
1: in oh oh my god what a cruel joke right yep (laughs) it is a cruel joke okay so we have these first three sins that um have to do with forgetfulness and then the next three sins you said have to do with distortions so if the first 3 are like sins of omission where you can't access the information, then the next 3 are sins of like commission. Yeah. Does that like make commissions sense? where you're almost committing
0: something to memory that you shouldn't be, where the other one you're omitting something from your memory oh, that you you okay. should have. Um so for the first one in this next group of 3, it's called this is our this is our fourth sin now. Misattribution. So, with misattribution, some form of memory is already present, but it's like misattributed to an incorrect time, person, or place. And the author identified three main categories of this. So, the first one is source confusion, which I actually think is a huge thing when talking about
1: fake news now. Oh, yeah. So, this one, from what I'm hearing, is like you misattribute part of a memory. Like when somebody says that they learned a fact from an article that they read online, but actually they learned it from a meme on Instagram, but they just forgot where they got the information from. Yes,
0: exactly. Or when someone is sure they saw a face in a store when really they saw them somewhere else. So...
1: Oh my God, Taylor, this happened to me once with a TV actor and it was so embarrassing. And I I will tell you the story in our next episode, in our discussion, because... It's a good one.
0: Okay. Let's save that for discussion because I'm very excited to hear this. Yeah. (laughs) So like source confusion can play a big role if you think about eyewitness identifications where people think they saw someone somewhere, but really they saw them somewhere else. So it's kind of like you have part of a memory, but you're, you're putting it somewhere where it shouldn't really be. Mm, So the second type that the author talks about of misattribution is when people believe a spontaneous thought that they have is from their own imagination and creativity and inspiration that they have come up with. They are such a (laughs) genius when really they are recalling it from somewhere else without awareness
1: that they kind of plagiarize their thoughts. I'm positive this is like half of how Broadway happens.
0: (laughs) I'm positive this is like... (laughs) I like to think that I have these epiphanies all the time, and I just really feel like I'm probably just regurgitating something someone else said, but now it has meaning to me. Um, Yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, This also makes me think of, like, when people get in trouble for copying music. Mm.
0: I think so, too.
1: Where, like, they, like, innocently did make you know, this, this piece of music, but they didn't realize that those sounds and like that, you know, rhythm or whatever actually belong to a song they heard one time, maybe.
0: Absolutely. And I think musical themes, when you see them across time, you can see that misattribution is a, is a huge piece. Also, also right. actual cop copying the, the piece of misattribution right. that we can fault our memory for is we're not doing it consciously. We're not actively plagiarizing. Yeah. Our brain just really thinks we are that creative. <laughs> right. How beautiful. Yeah. Um, So the third type is false recall. So this is, like, falsely recalling or thinking you thought of events that haven't happened or recognizing items you have not seen. So, yeah. Oftentimes they use studies, for example, of, like, word recall, where they would, like, list a group of words or a couple words and have uh, participants recall them or ask what words were in the ones they were supposed to memorize. And they found that participants would believe words were present in a group that they read, even if they were not. And sometimes participants switched, like, a studied word with one that was one of a similar meaning or, like, kind of would give them a similar schema, which is kind of like a thought group that fits together. Mm -hmm. So they might switch, like, they might insist that sweet was one of the words that was on their list when really the actual word list included sugar.
1: Oh, yeah, I've definitely done that before. Yeah,
0: I could see myself falling into again all of these. But studies yeah. have shown that the I think the really interesting part of this is that participants have had as much confidence in false memories as they did with their actual true memories. Terrifying. Yes, very terrifying. <laughs> studies have also shown that older adults may do this. It's like similarly to some of the other memory issues they may increase with age and older adults may do this twice as often as younger adults wow
1: I gotta tell you my parents do this all the time they like fight about who remembered the thing right and they are so insistent and it's hysterical to a bystander
0: oh yes I love I love (laughs) witnessing an argument like that when people and you're like there is one right like especially when it's (laughs) fact-based and you're like you guys are Like, there is only one, right? And this is hysterical. You both are insistent on it. And probably, they both (laughs) genuinely think that because of false recall. Um, Right. They did say that we can reduce instances of false recall by encouraging participants to focus on details and distinctions of individual items. Hmm. Makes sense. So moving on to the next sin that is like a sin of kind of, committing to memory um, or a a memory distortion is it's called suggestibility. So while misattribution can occur when memories are distorted due to like things we perceive as similar or maybe put in the wrong place, suggestibility shows that we can commit to memories that are suggested. So these are things that are actively Mm. suggested and we're incorporating information that was provided by others into our memories this
1: sounds complicated in society this
0: sounds like it actually has raised a lot of the the awareness of this occurring has raised a lot of concerns when talking about like childhood traumas and sexual assault cases
1: oh yeah so
0: this can occur by providing misleading information after an event or asking leading questions. These suggestions can sometimes overpower the actual memories that we have. And make them ind- indistinguishable from the
1: suggestions. Oh, jeez. That, like, God, that just, like, makes me think of, like, the whole justice system. And how it can be very flawed because of this. Right.
0: Like, particularly when we think about false confessions. Right. And how they're elicited. And this is... Kind of the leading questions that police officers might ask in a, an interrogation room. How many movies do we see where that happens every time? Yeah. Um, so, one study that they had suggested that, or that they had showed demonstrated the power of suggestibility was where they had instructed the participants not to press an alt key, uh, like a key on a keyboard, th- while they completed a task. And then an experimenter falsely accused participants of doing this. And so they would deny it. And there was two groups in the study. And once they denied it, one group in the study heard another fake witness say, oh, they saw them to press the alt key. And another group didn't have a fake witness. And interestingly mm-hmm. enough, the group that had no fake witness, even with just the instructor insisting insisting that they did it, 70% of people signed a false confession saying they hit the alt key. 70%. (laughs) Wow. So that means only 30% of people who didn't actually do this agree that they didn't do it when they were confronted by, like, an authority figure telling them they did it. And then in the group where there was an authority figure (laughs) telling them they did this, now they didn't do it, and they had a, a witness falsely accusing them, every single participant signed a confession... And 35% of them came up with a detailed
1: explanation as to how they must have made the mistake. Oh my god, human brains are so malleable. Yes, they're very malleable. And that's why it's really
0: important to remember that our, our memories can be suggestible and this is another yeah, you have sin. to remember
1: that but you have to remember it in the right way.
0: Yeah, you better remember to get it in the long-term storage. Rehearse these memories. Go back.
1: Yeah, don't remember it wrong, guys. Don't remember the the memory sins wrong. <laughs> then you'll have yourself <laughs> really in a pickle. <laughs> so, moving on. All right. Hit us with the next one, Taylor. What's the sixth the sixth sin and the third sin? in this group. So the third sin in these
0: memory distortions um, is is bias. And we've actually, I think this is, now mind you, this study is from 1999. So I think bias has, mm-hmm. our awareness of what bias is and what it means has grown just immeasurably in the past over 20 years. But right. the author identified bias as distorting influences of present knowledge, beliefs, and feelings based on recollection. L- recollections of previous experiences. So we know this happens because pre-existing knowledge and beliefs are so important to memory and encoding and retrieval of these memories. What one mm-hmm. thing that we do as humans as we're learning things, we we put things into, I think I had talked about schemas, which are all which are kind of like thought groups that make sense together. So if you think of a okay. schema like as a little kiddo, you might, think that all four-legged animals are dogs and then you look at a cat and you point to it and you say dog and your mom says no that's not a dog because you might look at a horse and you point to it and you say dog and she says no that's not a dog that's a horse so when you start to form a schema you think oh all things that have four legs are a dog and then you start to differentiate but that schema only differentiates if it if you're taught to differentiate it and if it's helpful too. So it's helpful that as we're learning Mm. things, we form schemas because it helps us understand what might be dangerous or not dangerous. Yeah. But it can be really troublesome as we've found out like it leads to biases. Right. So one example of
1: bias that the author talks about is a consistency bias. So that means that over time, like you think, like you think you're consistent. But, you're actually not. Is that did I guess that right? yeah,
0: you you pretty much did. So basically, like you when you reflect back on your beliefs a long time ago, you think they're much more like your beliefs now than they actually were. So hmm. they had um the author had referenced a study where they asked people to rate their beliefs on social issues, and then they had asked them again, nine years later, to rate their beliefs now. And then they had said, oh, what do you think your beliefs were like nine years ago? Um, And people rated their beliefs much more similarly when they thought about how they were nine years ago to how they were now than how they actually were nine years ago. So they thought their beliefs nine years ago were really similar to what they were now when they actually weren't.
1: That's so wild.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. But then they also found that when individuals have a reason to believe they've changed across time, they might overestimate the differences between their current and past beliefs so like after doing a study skills training group they had participants rate what they thought their skills were before the group and they thought their skills were way worse after the group when than what they had actually rated them before the group
1: I love the idea of like these scientists with all of these studies like finding out like just how like bad humans are remembering things and just like palm forehead to palm forehead to palm consistently right
0: right so we just think like when it's when it suits us we think we're always like aligned with our beliefs and when it suits us to think that we change we're like look how much we've changed when really i don't think we're always maybe the best estimators of our own growth uh or lack yeah yeah
1: yeah, I w- I f- yeah, I often make big claims about myself and then I also like the next day will say I know absolutely nothing and yes. <laughs> li- living with those two things being very present in my brain, especially now after reading this study, it's just like whoa. Uh, yeah. Petty. Basically, you can't trust a lot of your thoughts. Um so this except for you should trust a lot of them. It- we'll talk about this next week. <laughs> <laughs> so this study also reports obviously on
0: racial, gender, other biases that can impact our memories as well. So, for example, one study created a fake, like, list of famous criminal names mm-hmm. and asked people to identify which ones they, like, knew. And participants falsely recognized more African-American type names as famous criminals compared to European-American type names.
1: So, so like, black names were more prominent in people's... Um, brains as, like, famously criminal.
0: Right. So if you had, like, a list of names, for example, like an African-American type name would be Tyrone Washington, uh, where an European-American would be, like, Adam McCarthy. And if people went through this list, they would <laughs> fakely identify, because none of these were real criminals, they would just be like, Tyrone Washington, I remember that guy, he was real bad. That's
1: so insane.
0: Yes. So we have bias, no. um, which we we already sure knew,
1: uh, but we didn't already know maybe then. <laughs> so tell me. What is the seventh and final sin? The final sin is
0: persistence, uh, which sounds like it's good, but it is... Yeah, what does it mean? It is not. So persistence is like rumination of negative symptoms and events, uh, intrusive like thoughts and recall of traumatic events, fears and phobias and things like that. Oh, okay.
1: Right. So this sounds like... This sounds like trauma response.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it is. It's like, it's not always a trauma response, but like, so a trauma response example of it would be almost like something that makes a really vivid memory. It can be really repetitive, such as symptoms of PTSD. And it can also include like less extreme situations, such as having maybe a more vivid recall of like disturbing or negative imagery. I know for myself, I can actually like Mm. often recall like scenes in scary movies, like they just stick in my brain even though I don't want them to. Yeah. Maybe more so than scenes in some other more, like, neutral movies. So right. the persistence of, like, this rumination on, like, negative things can also be impacted by mood and emotion. Oh, how so? So, for example, they said, um, the author shared about one study where individuals who are depressed showed an increased memory for negative life events uh, like of their own life um, as well mm. of, as experimental items compared to their memory of positive life events of their own life or positive experimental items. Wow. So it's like not only That's are they crazy. remembering more of their own life in a negative sense, but they're also maybe more um, attuned to mem- to picking up on negative events in the world that are outside of them and committing those mm. to memory than they are to positive things outside of
1: them. Wow. Okay. So persistence is the final one. So what does the author say about all of these memory sins in general? Yeah. So just to go
0: through our sins one more time, we had transience, which is like long-term memory, having a hard time with the Absent-mindedness, like not paying enough attention to things, blocking, not being able to access something we know we know, misattribution, mm-hmm. where you're kind of, putting something where it shouldn't be and you think it's there. suggestibility where someone shows kind of introduces an idea to you and you kind of take it on and then bias where you're kind of distorting your current views of something by past views of something and then Mm -hmm. persistence that rumination of negative thoughts the author kind of says that Memory can get us into trouble. It's not always the most reliable. Clearly. However, most of these functions can lead into the sins
1: occurring. But they're they're an adaptive trait for us. Okay, so like, yes, these are not necessarily positive things that come out of memory. Like, just how it can distort what actually happened. However, in the past, like evolutionarily, they have they, these sins... Have like made their way into the body because they are adaptive and help us survive in some way.
0: Right. There are times or have helped
1: us survive.
0: Absolutely. There's times where like, so if you think about like just forgetting things, it allows us to clear unnecessary information and really focus on what we need to attend to. Um, mm-hmm. The author suggests that blocking would stop us from recalling all information that might be potentially relevant. Uh, From coming to mind at once, which could be overwhelming and kind of not help with us. Really being focused on what we need to learn or or pay attention to. And absent-mindedness is a result of our ability to prioritize important things or focus on the moment. Otherwise, we would be overloaded with sensory information. Mm, And that's mm -hmm. also why misattribution occurs, too. Because we really don't need to... In our day-to-day lives, remember every single detail of everything that we encounter. That makes sense. That would be a lot for our brains to store. So false recall, uh, where we think we saw something that we actually didn't, that might occur when we remember like the gist of something but not the correct thing itself. So when we're kind of mashing things into kind of schemas, and it's really important for us to group things into those schemas, like I said, as we're learning. And it's really like evolutionarily helpful for us to be able to, yeah. to group into categorized categorize thoughts. And it helps us with instinctual responses. And it just maybe doesn't help us all in our day-to-day, very advanced functioning life that we have as adults
1: now. Sure, sure.
0: And bias can help us... Like, make snap judgments about situations that might serve to protect us, um, again, from, like, an evolutionary standpoint. Yeah. And then that last one, uh, persistence, really can seem like, why would you want a negative thought to keep coming up? But it can remind us to be wary of something that's dangerous. Mm. Yeah, that makes sense.
1: Well, that's, this is all very interesting. Were there any limitations in the study that you found
0: i would think the two limitations are like these aren't these are the author kind of categorizing these different um and organizing these different sins that happen to all of us so it's Mm -hmm. really you know his perception of all of these studies and him organizing it and coming up with ideas but got it these are most of these ideas again there's plenty of other research on and i think the biggest limitation just from the fact that it's 2020 now, is that this study is from 1999. So okay. there's just been a lot more advanced research um, right. in all of these areas that has
1: sure. um, happened since then. Okay, cool. Well, this was super interesting. Thank you for bringing in this study. Thank you, all of you listeners, for joining us on this journey. We hope
0: you remember it.
1: Dun-dun-dun. Yeah, you better remember it. And um, join us next week. We're going to discuss the study and we'll like share some relevant stories, like share all of the things we've ever forgotten. Yep. It's going to be All of them. By
0: next week, we're going to remember everything that we've ever forgotten. Yeah. So tune in. We'll know.
1: We'll know it all. That's going to happen.
0: We'll even remember the things that you forgot. It's magic. We're going to tell you where your car keys will be next week. And you're going to be like, how did they know that? You're welcome. You're welcome. They're in your coat pocket, just so you
1: know. I'll just tell you now. I know it's summer, but they're in your coat (laughs) pocket. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) All right. Have a fan-freaking-tastic week. We'll see you next week. Yay. Love you guys. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Study Buddies was created by Paula Sanchez-Abreu and Taylor Collins. Our graphic design was done by Monica Ray Summers-Gonzalez, and our intro song was composed by singer-songwriter Caught in Between. You can follow Study Buddies on Instagram at studybuddies.com and email the show at studybuddiespodcast at com.